Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and all of its games. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week, the return of one in the constant presence of another of my magnificent co-hosts. Uh, first up, since he's back, uh, we'll, all, we'll all give him a nice verbal hug. Hi, Alex. Alex Zebart, our editor-in-chief. What have you been up to? Hi. Um, if you asked me that question a week ago, I'd have said Stardew Valley, because I played that for uh, more or less a week straight. Uh, lately, I've gotten back into Heroes, as I as I tend to do every couple of months. I'm like, yeah, Heroes, and I play it pretty intensely and that's what i've been doing lately i know you've been doing stardew valley because the queue is full of conversation about it and i don't know what it is so i just talked <laughs> about dinosaurs i was like stardew valley stardew valley St- um do you guys know what therizinosaurus is no cool therizinosaurus had really big claws uh so yeah I, I was aware of your stardew valley thing to be fair i answered a world of warcraft question that just happened to have stardew valley as the context yes i i i did understand that but nevertheless i it, it allowed me to talk about dinosaurs so Whatever, I don't care. As if you need an excuse. I don't need an excuse. I just need an avenue. Uh, but okay. Also with us this week, as she is every week, thank God. Otherwise, we would never have. I think the podcast would disintegrate at this point without her. Uh, Anne Stickney, what have you been up to this weekend? You guys have survived without me once. We have once. Yeah, oh. I took I took a vacation once. Oh, I didn't remember you taking a vacation from the podcast. I thought you still showed up for that. I I think there was, was one episode year? where I did not show up. Huh. Wow. But just one. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that the universe continued that week. I think we all just kind of shunted to the next week. <laughs> you forget it because we all just kind of blinked over it. Um, me, I haven't actually. What have I been up to? Video game wise, I haven't actually been up to a lot other than, you know, the usual log in, do the garrison stuff, try and make my my gold, like stockpile my gold before Legion comes out. Because that's what I'm down to now, pretty much that and obtaining mounts that I haven't obtained yet. I've decided that's on my checklist of things to do. Um, I may or may not try to get exalted with Ravenholt. I haven't quite decided yet. What does that entail yet? 
Um, well, I'm most of the way through Revered anyway, so I just need to go pickpocket a bunch of dudes and collect oh, right. a lot of lockboxes and turn right. those in. Right, I forgot about the boxes. I mean, you know the distance between Revered and Exalted is equal to everything else up to Revered, right? Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like I have anything else to do. <laughs> See, it's weird. See, that's the point, that Ryko. Like, that's one of those things that I work on at the end of the expansion because I need all the bars to be the right color. See, that's the point where I go, maybe I don't need to keep playing for the rest of this expansion. If I'm down to pickpocketing for Ravenhold, I've run out of things. But Alex, I need all the bars to be the right color. This is just a thing. <laughs> just hide that bar. Minimize it. No, I need it to be the right color. <laughs> See, for me, like I've actually been playing WoW, um, not just Alpha, although I've been on the Alpha quite a bit. I got one of my Warriors up to like 107, I think. Yeah. But um, I've also been doing regular WoW because I've been running LFR, trying to finish my legendary ring. Yes, I'm that far behind. Um, the reason I I'm far... probably finished mine. I haven't done that. But the problem is, is, I mean, not to go into too much detail about the blood tornado, but I have like serious problems with all the visual clutter and raids right now, like the spell effects and you know stuff going on, and, and it gets kind of hectic. And so I have I've realized that I cannot tank LFR. <laughs> I just can't do it. I don't know the fights well enough, and there's too much stuff going on. So I, mean, I, I think we've had this conversation before, where this yeah. the, all of the spell effects and raids now actually give me migraines, so I don't raid anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm I get like a condition very much like when people get boat sick, you know, when mm -hmm. you get seasick or car sick. I get that from raids at this point, so I have to be very careful about LFR. But because of that because I'm limited to how much LFR I can handle. Uh, I actually broke out the old Xbox, the 360. Ooh. Figured out a way to get it. Like, I couldn't... My hard drive is fine, but my, my drive that reads the discs is dead. So I haven't been able to play any of my old games. But I figured out how to get it to connect up, put all the stuff on the cloud. And then I basically borrowed another person's Xbox. And oh, I'm okay. using that to play my games. Like, I sign on with my account, and I'm playing my old games again. What are you playing? Uh, uh, we just finished Mass Effect, and I'm working on Mass Effect 2. I'm going to just do the whole Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, okay, this... obviously we need to have you on the other podcast at some point. Well, it, it, the, the funny thing is that uh, I'm playing... Like I, had a, I, I just discovered this character while I was doing this. I had a, a femship that apparently I finished both Mass Effect 1 and 2 with that I had no idea I had. Oh, cool. And well, don't throw any spoilers out there, because Mitch no, no, is no, no. playing through these things. The, just, the weird part was that I'd taken choices that I... Don't I, I think I, I deliberately said, what would I never do? And then did it. Like it's an entire playthrough of stuff I would never do um, that I can't. Are you like Renegade Life or something? No, no, no. It's still like still Paragade, like still high Paragon, low Renegade. But like all my romances are weird and people are dead who shouldn't be dead. And there's like I, 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 I this is a spoiler for Mass Effect 1. So but do you know the last DLC, Bring Down the Sky? Yes, I did that. The only that DLC one. I've never played. That I did that one on this character only. This is the only character who ever did it. So I'm Oof. like, what is going on? So I I went and I basically found her last Mass Effect save, and I'm playing that through Mass Effect Two again, just to see what I do, like what happens with this character, like what Caden's dead, stuff like that. It's very strange. That's not but, like a huge loss. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. Usually, usually it's the other way around. Like usually, it's it's Ashley. I don't know why. So, but, um, but anyway, to talk about Blizzard, Blizzard games. games. Yeah, to, to, we to, have a Bioware podcast. This ain't yeah. it. 
but I actually there is a reason I want to talk about though because uh, one of the things that's going on this week in Hearthstone is that you can get Lady Liadrin, who my character is is named Liadrin. Like it's a, it is Lady Liadrin. I even the face is the same. Like I made Lady Liadrin as a character in Mass Weird. Effect. Yes, it's very strange. Weird. I used to have a total crush on Lady Liadrin. Like I, uh, I couldn't make myself play a Blood Elf, but if I ever did, I want to play a Blood Elf Paladin just because. Lady Liadrin is like this cool character that I really like because she had a really cool redemption arc and that, that actually stuck and she stayed redeemed and didn't go off and kill anybody like who didn't deserve it. You know, she kills people who deserve it. But she, so you can get her as your paladin in Hearthstone instead of uh, it's Uther right now, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how do you do that again? You, you have to level you have to reach level 20. On a, and actually, this kind of ties into what you were talking about, because what I was doing last night. Um, you basically, you have to reach a level 20 in World of Warcraft and, um, you can't use like a boosted character or anything like that. And it's not retroactive. So you have to actually like log on and level. Oh. If you don't have a World of Warcraft account, you can just like sign up for like the starter, the freebie starter account. Cause that goes up to level 20 and that still counts. Um, but I decided last night that I would go through my vault of really old alts. And, and find one and play that. So um, last night was kind of an interesting process in why is this character... I, I remember I named this character for this reason, but I don't remember why this character didn't get leveled beyond level five. I don't know why they're in Ironforge, and I'm not sure, you know, what's in their bags or why they have this many bags. Or So it was like a mystery I was kind of unraveling I as have, I was playing. I have druids just abandoned on probably 30 different servers that have never made it past level 15 or so because I hate druids so much. I always think this is the one. This time I'll level a druid and I'm going to enjoy it. No, never happened. That's really weird because that happened to me not not too long after we started Blizzard Watch. Uh, I was looking through the realm lists and I saw that I had a, a character, just one character on Azure Mist. So I went and looked at Azure Mist, and it was a level 47 human female paladin. And I'm like, wait. Where did this I, come from? <laughs> I have a – I'm not surprised it's a paladin because I do that all the time. But it's a human female, which is the, the combination I hate the most in World of Warcraft. I seem to recall you talking about this character yeah. nonstop on Twitter because you hated it so much. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's a different character that I hated. That's a Draenei paladin that i found but okay. this character this character is interesting for one reason this character dates back to original vanilla world of warcraft and was never played again and i know that because a it has gear from those quests equipped on it right now the quests that did, are gone did the azure mist server exist in vanilla it must have because that's where the, all the gear on this character comes from um if it didn't exist in vanilla, it must have existed so shortly thereafter because this character is level 47. It's got all the stuff. Burning Crusade with the Draenei. Mm, this isn't a giant Draenei, though. This is the human right, female. The server is named after the Draenei yeah, started. So. That makes sense. Yeah. But at any rate, the other reason I know that this one has never been played again since original content is because it had the stuff you needed to, to do um, blessings on it. Like, remember how Greater Blessings required like, oh, yeah. stones and stuff? It had that on it, even though it couldn't even cast Greater Blessings yet, because it was like level 47. Greater Blessings were like level 60, weren't they? Yeah, the character uh, that the character that I cracked open was a uh, Night Elf rogue named um, Cliché, because everybody was making Night Elf rogues at that point. But she still had throwing knives in, in her bags. They were broken, but she had throwing knives. And it was that same thing. Rogues could use those at one point in time. Yeah, so... 
I want to talk more about this, but we do have to move on because we have another of the top stories. This one I actually wanted to ask about because I don't know who this character is. There's a Heroes of the Storm teaser that's up, and mm-hmm. uh, we posted a – I'm pretty sure did – Alex, you wrote this one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Okay. Who is this character? Dehaka is the character from uh, StarCraft Two, and Rossi, I think you would enjoy this person. Uh, he's a primal zerg, and the primal zerg are basically talking dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, they're zerg that never joined like the the big zerg swarm, but gotcha. they have the same they have the same thing going on like evolve, adapt, change, uh, all that. They eat other creatures' essence into to take their genetic material and like adapt. And uh, Dehaka is the one that decided to join up with Kerrigan when Kerrigan came to hang out with the primal Zerg. He's kind of, um, he's a Zerg bruiser. He would be the first Zerg warrior in Heroes of the Storm. I mean, theoretically, we don't know what he is, or even if it is going to be Dehaka. Mm-hmm. It probably is. Um, but the, all of the teasers point to him, and uh, he would be a pr- pretty cool character. Um, any Zerg they add to the game is usually very interesting. Abathur is interesting. Uh, What's her face? I can't remember her name, even though she's one of my favorites. Is interesting. Nova. Not Nova. Zerg. Not Zerg. Um, oh, Zerg. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, I forget her name, but I know who you're Z- talking Zagara? about. Zagara. Zagara. Yeah. Zagara. Zagara is cool. So any Zerg character they add is probably really awesome. Okay, I wanted. Yeah, I, I wanted thought that you were explained. talking about generic StarCraft characters. I'm like, no. there's loads of those. <laughs> Zerg in particular. All right, so that's that's the best we can do in terms of guessing who it is at this moment. Well, he, I mean, uh, in the te- the art that where they first teased Zul and Li Ming, in the background, there was like, this arm, monstrous arm, kind of laying in the dirt. And one of the things with Dehaka is when you meet him, he's missing an arm. And in an Easter egg, in a later mission, you can find his missing arm laying around, and it matches up with the one that was in the art. And uh, all of the clues very much point to this guy. Cool. And the footprints match up, too. Yeah. And, uh... Finally this week, although there might be other stuff that you guys will remember, and if so, jump in with it. But for me, the big news is that right now, as we speak, as I'm talking, uh, much less when this is being recorded, when you hear it, uh, Chronicle's out. In yes. fact, it's already sold out on Amazon. Really? Yeah, like Mickey Nielsen did a post, like it, Amazon's done. They don't have any more. <gasps> wow. But you can still get it from the Blizzard store at full price. Uh, no, that so. it's on sale, I think. Yeah, but he said that the, the, he. I, I know he tweeted that you can get it at the Blizzard store. So yeah, you can get it at the Blizzard store. Although by the time you hear this, maybe you can't. So if you're listening to it on the stream, you might want to go to the Blizzard store right now. Okay, well maybe this will give them the kind of um, heads up impetus that they need to put out volume two as quickly as possible. I all I know <laughs> is the thing is already selling. People are buying it. It's and you know. Anne and I have been had it for like a week or more, and we've you know we've already gushed about it. She wrote a thing on the site, basically no spoilers review. You should go look at that. if you want to know if you want Chronicle or not. That review will probably tell you. Although the simple answer is yes. The simple well, answer is yes, you do. If you're a fan of Warcraft lore, you want this book. If Amazon is your only source of books ever, and you absolutely need it, uh, they do have a digital version. Yeah, they've got it for Kindle. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, this is one of the few times usually I'm all about Kindle versions of books because yeah. I like having a backlit screen. But I will say this. This is one of the few times in my life where I much prefer having the hardcover. It's like having... the kind of thing you would want. Physically. Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing you want to flip through because the art, the art in it is gorgeous. The maps are gorgeous. Everything the... in it is this absolutely. Is... This is something I've wanted to say about this book for a while and I've never figured out how to put it. The pages are not paper. 
they're um, well, they're a kind of paper, but they're very thick and they feel leathery. So but, it very much feels like you're looking through an old tome. Yeah, it kind of has that feeling of this is on vellum or parchment. I mean, it is not. It's 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 a kind of paper. It's just a very heavyweight paper. Yeah. But it has that feel, that tactile sensation of this is a tome, this is something durable, this is something you will keep for a while. And this book is worth it just for the maps. Yeah. Just for the maps. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm going to run a Pathfinder or D&D campaign using this, this, these maps in this setting. <laughs> I'm going to. And it's going to be da- back during the, the period of time that the you know, Arathor Empire was first being founded. Because that stuff's fascinating. And you can do that. This thing is like, if you've ever been into role-playing games and you've, you've bought like a campaign setting book, this book has all the flavor that a campaign setting book would it's have. It's kind of like the ultimate source book. <laughs> yes, it is. Seriously, it's an amazing book. Uh, it's I, really what well I'm done. hoping is that the, um, the artwork that's in it, the, the paintings by Peter Lee, and even the even like the line art stuff that was done for it mm-hmm. by... Um, Oh my gosh, I forget his first name, but LaCroix was the last name. Joe? Jeff? Hold on, I'll crack it open while you're talking. Yeah, look it up, because he, he did some like amazing, beautiful, detailed work in there. I would love to see these things released as art prints. And I don't mean like a poster with the logo of the book stamped across the bottom, because that's really as annoying. always does. No, I want to see it released as an actual like frameable art print that I can put on my wall that doesn't have a logo on it. The line Just, artist by Joseph LaCroix. Joseph LaCroix. Thank you. Um, anyway, I, I would I would love to have that for my office. I would love to order some of that for my that cosmology chart alone. Yeah. I would love to have that, that framed in my office. That uh, has always bothered me so much about Blizzard merchandise. Is they can't resist slapping their logo on it. Like they sell some like really beautiful posters, like great Blizzard art, but I've never bought any of it because they slap a giant logo in the middle of it. I want awesome. them to. I still want them to release like some of the paintings that you find in the various inns around Azeroth. I would put down money for the whale meat painting. I'm sorry, I love that thing. <laughs> There's for uh, this past BlizzCon, they had uh, that art for the Diablo Three Crusader, and it was a gorgeous piece of art. And I was really tempted to buy it, but I didn't because it had the big BlizzCon logo on it. Yeah. There's a reason I have. Bioware art on my walls, but not Blizzard, because Bioware art does not have a Bioware or Mass Effect or Dragon Age logo on it. They just let the art be the art rather they than an advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this too, though, if you do like the art and you want to get some other version of it, for right now, Dark Horse Comics has a screensaver thing out where you can get the various pieces of art from this book as screensavers. I don't know. Great, but... I haven't seen it. So I, I don't want know it on my wall. Do. I really no. want it. That cosmology chart. I want that on my wall. There's a, <laughs> there's actually, there's a frontispiece and back piece of this book, which is basically a map of ancient Kalimdor and then a map of the modern continents. It's beautiful. I would love to have both of these pictures like somewhere I could put them on my wall. Cause I have actual maps of like real like world places on my map. wall. I think that's, that's cool. And I would put these up there cause they're that good. Um, the, it would the, be nice if the price of digital frames wasn't. Yeah. I mean, a decent sized digital frame will run you about two hundred, three hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> if they weren't three hundred dollars, it would be way easier to put cool things on my wall. Yeah. All right, though. I think that's pretty much. It, unless you guys think of anything else. No, I think we're good. Okay. I'm gonna move on to emails then, as is usually the case. Uh, if you have an email you want to send us, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We pretty much answer anything. If you want the email to be specifically for another podcast, please put that podcast's name in 
the uh, subject line because otherwise it ends up here because I don't, you know, I can only know where you want it if you tell me. Uh, so here we go. The first email, um, I think it's from Wart. Yeah, it says Lake Wart. So I'm going with Wart. Uh, like puts an H name. Yeah, well, I, I don't name him. I just read him. Uh, greetings, all. I'm a longtime WoW player, but before that, I was a longtime D&D player. I was thinking about the influence. I, I'll admit I put this in for my. I was thinking about I the figured. influence of D&D on WoW the other day, and it led me to you know, the issue of alignment. Here's my question. What WoW character do you think best represents each of the nine alignments in WoW? Uh, for example, who is the best example of lawful good, etc.? Uh, thanks for all your wonderful work you do for us fans. Uh, a proud Blizzard Watch patron, uh, Wart, who he's from Windrunner. Um, I, before I just start throwing stuff out there, do either of you want to even try? Um, am I allowed to complain my first time back? Of course yeah. you are. It's you. I, I find the D and D alignment system deeply flawed. Oh, it's terrible. Like, no, nope. I'll, I'll be with you right now. People are not these things. People and are people complex. are not intrinsically. The worst part about the D and D alignment system is that, like, for instance, a baby orc is automatically evil. Yeah, um, it's, that baby orc is chaotic evil. Sure, it's literally a minute old, but it's okay to dash its head against the ground because it's it's chaotic evil by birth. The alignment system just doesn't work, and I always see people like put these pictures on Twitter or Tumblr or whatever. It's just the alignments of like characters from their favorite shows, and it's like, oh, this character is lawful good because of this one scene. They did this one thing that was lawful good, and I'm going to ignore the other 100 episodes of this show because I need to pick somebody for lawful good. <laughs> People are not these things. People are not that simple. Oh, yes, that's absolutely it. true. But I've been playing D&D for all my entire freaking life at this point, so I'm going along with this for the sake of, you know, speculating. Uh, Anne? I'm just going to let you go. Okay. Run free like a wild pony on the First plane. off, um, the only character I'd even call Lawful Good in, in World of Warcraft, the absolutely only character, is um, the Naru that put went into the Sunwell. Maru? Yes, because he sacrificed himself for others, which is an ultimately good act. And he obeyed the laws of his, you know, to the point where he let them take him and drain the life out of him. What about Velen? Uh, no, because Velen... The problem with lawful good is it's one of those things where you lose it real easy. Yeah. And Velen is the kind of guy who totally loves his people, totally willing to, you know, but he's also totally willing to say, kill them all. That's true. And, what about Anduin? Mm, Anduin's close, too, but Anduin's problem is he isn't very lawful. His father. Ah, uh, yeah, no, you're right. His, his father, who is the rightful king of Stormwind, gives him a direct order and he disobeys it. Just run off into the woods to find his own truth. Yeah, okay. I, Lawful good in particular always bothered me because, like, you have to follow, like, the law, but you have to be good. But Yeah. What if the law contradicts? If you think the law is not good, then are you, you're not lawful good anymore. Okay. No, I don't want to be talking about details of this thing for the next half hour. <laughs> so, Rossi, That's why I hate this system. There's nine yeah. of them. Just yeah. list them off, please. Okay. Well, Malfurion Stormrage gets to be neutral good. Um, Illidan Stormrage was at one point chaotic good. Right now, I'd call him straight up neutral evil. But there was a point in his life where he was chaotic good. So he's going to get to be both chaotic good and neutral evil. Um, Arthas is lawful evil. And he started out lawful good, but he went lawful evil pretty darn fast. Uh, Jaina, I would give Jaina possibly a chaotic good as well. In that she's de definitely willing to defy the law. Yeah. But she's much more of a neutral good. 
in that really the law is a tool she'll make use of, but she is a good person. Even when she's like, even when she's like trying to destroy all of Orgrimmar, it's not an evil act. It's a war retribution act. She doesn't do things for her own power or aggrandizement, which is usually the thing you get in D and D that's evil, which doesn't mean she's never thought of an evil thing, but that's why Alex is complaining with the system. It is, it is kind of BSy. Um, Taronda, I'm going with new, with like true neutral on her or even chaotic neutral. She, uh, She'll do whatever she wants, and she will straight up murder you if you get in the way. She's not going around murdering you because it's fun, but yeah, I'd give her chaotic neutral, um, which would give Maev neutral. Maev's not particularly concerned about good and evil, and she's not particularly concerned about the law, although she could be lawful neutral, because she does have that whole sentinel code that she holds to. She doesn't hold to every law, but she, the laws that she's set for herself, she does hold to, and that's one of the things about lawful that can be weird and nitpicky that way. So I'm, I'm going to actually go with, with Lawful Neutral for her. Who am I missing? I'm missing Chaotic Evil, right? Eh, Sargeras. Okay, good. We're done with that one. Um, neutral Evil. I'm going to go with Illidan. Yeah, we, we stayed with Illidan on that one. So I think that's all of them, right? Good. Done. Yep. Yeah, done. Yay. So yeah, that email was just for me. Because I saw it and I thought, oh God, no one but me is going to care. <laughs> but you know, hey, Alex got to complain. True. Uh, so next one is from... Uh, actually... I don't actually see a name in this one. You guys see a name in this one? Kelston. Okay. Down at the very, very, very bottom. It says oh, Kelston, There's Defias an extra... Brotherhood, EU. All right. Oh, those are the same email. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That extra space threw me off there. Hi, Matt, Ann, and Alex, or Joe. It's or Alex. Mitch. Yeah. Don't Mitch forget did Mitch. Do much. He was here for a week. Yeah. <laughs> Love the podcast. Yeah, you let him sit in my chair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in your chair. We actually let him call, let him call himself Alex Jr. that week. Yeah. Uh, it makes my com- commute to work that much more you know, bearable, and I really enjoy listening to you guys talk about all the things Blizzard, in particularly the lore side of the things. And I've really been digging the, the Lore Watch podcast recently, too. I wrote this bit in the in parentheses to see if Matt will do his parenthetical voice. See, not only am I doing my parenthetical voice, but I have to squint to read a little bit, so you're actually getting Matt squinting parenthetical voice. Uh, question for you. Have you ever, for whatever reason, refused to play a class or race? Yeah. Um, I have recently played for the first time a Night Elf Druid. Oh, wow. This is going to be one for Alex, too. Um, <laughs> I've never liked Night Elves. Uh, my only exposure to them was you know, when the first started WoW back in 2005, and they just seemed like the, the emo, hippie, tree-hugging race. Not my kind of thing at all. Back in Vanilla, I also knew a, a girl who played a Night Elf Druid, and she was a horrible person and so wow. it, well yeah, whatever so it kind of tainted my perception of both night elves and druids in general uh it was a comment on a blizzard watch podcast recently i think uh, by either matt or, or ann about how night elves were you know meant to be those feral savage people uh and there was mention of the of that picture where a female night elf has blood dripping from her mouth that got kind of that kind of ruined in the transition from warcraft to world of warcraft uh, this intrigued me, so I decided to go look into their uh, lore. I-, I liked what I saw, and I used my, my Legion boost on a Night Elf Druid as a, as a result. Funny thing is, I've I've been absolutely loving it, and have gone and made a level 1 Night Elf Druid so that I can do the Night Elf zones again for the first time ever, just to learn the lore. So, stupidly, for the last 11 years, I've ignored a class and race. It turns out I absolutely adore. Um, thanks, Kelston. So... At this point, Kelston defies Brotherhood. Uh, yeah, I think at least me and Alex have. I don't know if Anne ever has, but we'll let Anne talk for herself. Um, refute play a class. First off, okay, Night Elf Druids. 
I've known some pretty awful people that played Night Elf Druids, but I've also known some pretty wonderful people that played Night Elf Druids. So I, and, and it goes with every race class combo out there. Um, I don't think, I honestly, I don't think that there's ever been like a class or a race that I haven't played. Like I've, I've at least dabbled in every class in the game. There are ones that I like particularly way more than others. Um, paladins for some reason I just could never really get into paladins and there was a point in wrath where I decided okay I'm gonna level a paladin and my experience leveling the paladin was um, I, I, I'd hit like every 10 levels or so and I'd get a new spell or something and I'm like wow this is still really boring maybe it gets better at level 20 and then I got to level 20 oh, maybe it gets better at level 40 no maybe it gets better at level 60 and I got all the way to 80 and it just wasn't fun to me for some reason, and I don't, I don't know why. I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint it really. Um, the playstyle is just different from the classes that I usually enjoy playing. Rossi's going to probably murder me in my sleep, but Warriors is are also one of those classes that I just haven't been able to get in because I don't know why. You know, no, I mean, I'm not I, going all the way to Colorado to murder you. No, no, <laughs> sorry, that's way too much work. <laughs> I, I like. I enjoy the class and I enjoy the lore behind the class and I enjoy, I enjoy the lore behind all of the classes. Um, but warriors for some reason, you know, I've played them before. They weren't particularly bad or anything. They just weren't my class of choice. So I never actually, I think warrior is the only class I've never gotten to max level ever in any expansion. Maybe I should fix that. I don't know. I, I don't hate druid. Well, I mean, I don't refuse to play a druid. I just hate them. I've tried to play them. I don't like them. Um, I've never played a monk, and it's not because I refuse. It just they oh, don't monk. interest me. Monk, when monk, I go and to death knight. Those are those are two other classes I've never gotten to max level. Sorry. When I go, go to, if I try to create a new character, uh, I'll look at monk and be like, eh, I don't have one of those, but I don't really want one either. It's not a refusal. It's just complete disinterest. Um, the thing I refuse to play is gnome. I hate him the worst see for me the, like the leveling stream ruined monks for me yeah I didn't, I didn't want to play the monk in the first place but the monk monk from level one to level 60 something was one freaking button i just waited until i threw a keg at it and then that solved everything that's like alex could run around the map pulling everything he could dot everything for like a mile he could have 40 mobs about to eat his face all i would have to do is throw one keg yeah over that ruined I, um, the class for me. I tried them, I wanted to like them, and I couldn't do it. What about I, races, I Rossi? For, well, for me, it's funny because I've tried to play every every class and every race. I've at least given them a shot. There's no there's no class and no race I haven't played, even rogues, even warlocks. But I won't do Forsaken again, ever. Okay. Um, it's just, I'm going to just say this. I don't enjoy playing morally questionable stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm just not one of those people. I don't like playing Sith all that much. I don't like playing Dark Side Jedi. I don't like playing people like who I know are outright evil. And I'm sorry, everything I do as a Forsaken is an evil act. Like, if, if I did it in real life, I'd feel horrible. I, I know that this is a game, and some people like release and all that stuff. I've heard all the arguments, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying for myself... I can't play Forsaken. When I start, when I, when the quest tells me to go out to the field where we've buried people up to their necks yeah. to kill them, you know, it's some per perverse crop. No, I, I, I get that I'm playing a rotting corpse that hasn't quite up here anymore, but.
but no, I'm sorry. I just can't. I just would like, you know, I know that the Leonard Bartholomew exists, but that's not the questing experience. I think um, for me, uh, the races that I don't enjoy playing so much, um, Gnome, Goblin, Dwarf, Tauren. And there's specific reasons. There's specific reasons for all of these, right? Okay. So Gnome, Goblin, Dwarf are because they're so short that if I'm playing in like a dungeon or a raid or something, I can't see my character in all of the chaos of everything else. I actually, I race changed my rogue to a goblin at the beginning of Cataclysm when, when goblins were introduced because I thought their stealth animations were so cute and, and I thought that they were really cool. And then we got into uh, Blackwing Descent, Meloriac. Yeah, you were you were not a goblin very long. I could not. I couldn't see. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see anything that was going on. And more importantly, people couldn't see me. So when we were supposed to spread out, I'd have people constantly coming over and stepping on me because they didn't realize I was standing there. At which point I was like, okay, nope, I'm just going to race change back to a blood elf. Thanks. Um, during our leveling stream when Rossi was a gnome. Yeah. I like I, I, I honest to God got him confused with people's companion pets like their and battle it's pets hard. it's it's like hard to see him and then Torin, Torin are for the complete opposite reason for me and i know logistically speaking that everybody runs at the same speed in in world of warcraft everybody walks at the same speed in world of warcraft but the run cycle on Torin is so slow in comparison to you know, regular you size characters. And it's just because they're taking longer steps, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, it feels like they're crawling when they walk around. It doesn't feel like they're moving quickly enough and it bugs me. So actually, that that There's... is the reason I like Torin. Yeah. Because Torin move with a ponderousness that makes them feel incredibly imposing. Yeah. Like a Torin in full armor, like a, a Torin warrior or paladin is a huge silhouette. It's the biggest silhouette by far. Other big races are still nothing compared to them, and they feel incredibly ponderous. The downside of that is, as we saw the other day on the leveling stream, when I draw my sword and suddenly it's twice the size it was on my back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that looks ridiculous. There's but always this question when choosing a race. Like, I play humans, and people always go, why would you play a human? You can, it's a fantasy game. You can be anything. You're a human in real life. Um, that's wrong. I'm actually a torn in real life, and that's why I can't play them in World of Warcraft. I don't want to play... <laughs> what I really am. I want to be something smaller. Well, it's interesting to me too. I went actually the other day I did this just as a test. I have a human warrior on the alpha a male because mm-hmm. I wanted to do the, the quests, the starting quest for the sword as a human. Cause it's, it's tied into human lore. And then I, I the the race customization thing came up. So I turned her and turned him into a, into a woman and the sword didn't change size at all, which is why it looks so big on a human female. Human women's hmm. swords look so huge because they don't change size from the males, but the male is bigger. I like playing blood elves because I think that they're like a good size, but at the same time, I kind of hate that their weapons are so teeny tiny. Yeah, I don't like that, uh, especially since I, I I was on a goblin. Like I I went through on when when my horde character had the race change option available, I went through and looked at the weapon on every race. And because at the time, warriors could be all the races they're supposed to be. Right now, it's bugs. So you can only be a couple. But I went and looked at every race, and the sword is smaller on the Blood Elf than on a goblin. Yeah. It's weird. It's just smaller. And the, you can actually tell the absolute size because you can turn them and look at the sword from the, from the side. And going down, Blood Elves are about the same height. Not quite. They're shorter, but not very much shorter than orcs. Yeah. The orc is a much stockier. 
especially the female. But, but their female, weapons are bigger. <laughs> female orc sword is li- literally half again as big as and the blood elf. The, the problem, reason it kind of bothers me is because, like I said, I play a rogue. Well, when you're a rogue and you're dual wielding daggers and those daggers are like toothpicks in your hands, it doesn't matter what the model is unless it's really, really, really unique. It all kind of looks the same-ish. Yeah, it just it's like a glowing toothpick in your hand. <laughs> and that's a little disappointing. Particularly, I always loved going to the Caverns of Time on my Blood Elf because it would turn me into a human and all of a sudden I could see my weapons. It was great. <laughs> that's one of the reasons I liked the, the actually the Well of Eternity Caverns of Time yeah. one. And suddenly you're a, you're a Night Elf and that, that can be interesting. That was fun too. But all right, next email is from, I'm going to say Zadis. Zadis sure. or Sadis, I don't know which. Uh, Zadis, that sounds good. Okay. So Hunter on Scenarian Circle, which means he's on the same realm as me and Alex, actually. One of my one of my characters is on Scenarian Circle. Uh, hi, Watchers. There's a thing that's been bothering me about the Well of Eternity, and I feel like maybe I'm just missing something obvious. You all talk about how even just a vial of, from the Well of Eternity water can make any body of water a new well. But didn't the whole original Well of Eternity sink into the middle of the ocean? Why isn't all water on Azeroth now well water? Uh, am I missing something? Is it some kind of, you know, bubble at the bottom of the of the ocean? Why doesn't this bother anyone else? Thanks for being awesome, Zetas. And Well, okay. Um, the original Well of Eternity, did it sink into the middle of the ocean? Yes. And it's kind of concentrated. That's why the Maelstrom is the Maelstrom. It's because all of that arcane magic from the Well of Eternity has been kind of twisted into this sort of swirling vortex of chaotic energies and stuff like that. Um, The farther out you get from the maelstrom, the more diluted that is. So in a way, are we all drinking well of eternity water? Well, yeah, because all those water sources are are connected. Yes. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of diluted. It's not, it's not as concentrate. It's like taking orange juice concentrate versus, you know, water down orange juice. (laughs) But if a single vial See, well I, water to I'm going well. I'm actually going to disagree with Anne because I think we're 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 leaving something out. When the maelstrom was formed, it was formed by Malfurion deliberately twisting the Well of Eternity into an imploding state. Yeah, it pulled so itself it went in. in. The water that filled in that area afterwards would never have touched the ma- the water of the Well of Eternity because it was gone. It was bur- it was burrowing a hole through into Deep Home. There's no Well of Eternity water there anymore. There's a big magical implosion there. All that power and all that water went into the process. It, it literally, it's like saying, you know, well, if you use gasoline to trigger an explosion to create an implosion, why isn't there gasoline everywhere? Because it's gone. Do you, That's why... me, do you want me to give you a crazy kind of side theory that I had? Sure, why not? Okay, so the Well of Eternity water, I, I like to think that, yes, it is. Actually, it's all over Azeroth in various places. And obviously, you know, the well was used to create various points, like um, Illidan used the vial up at Hyjal, and then the Blood Elves used the used a vial to create the Sun Well over at another point. And then you have, well, it's not really Well of Eternity water, but we're not going to go into like the spoilers surrounding that. But you've got the Waters of the Veil of the Eternal Blossoms, which are also incredibly powerful mm-hmm. um, for their own reasons. I like to think that that water is kind of distributed and diluted all over the place. And the reason that I think that is, is because I like to think that when the water evaporates, it releases that arcane energy into the air. And that's what creates ley lines. 
that's interesting theory. Yeah. Uh, my theory is <laughs> um, they didn't think about this too hard, and uh, they, the only thing with power is whatever's in the vial because the writers said so. That's also a good. <laughs> they piece, didn't maybe. think about it leaking into the ocean <laughs> or whatever. That wasn't even See, on their mind. They just wanted a cool plot device, and that was a vial of water. See, I honestly think that you could very easily explain it without it being a problem because keep in mind when the implosion happened, the water rushed in, but the water didn't immediately touch the well. So the well had time to do its implosion work, blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, the dilution thing is also possible. Either rate, no one's actually ever stopped and said, this is why that, you know, we're not all, the entire ocean of Azeroth isn't magical right now. Or, you know, since I've been to Vashir, maybe there is somebody down there going, it's all magical. It's I don't all know. magic. It's why do you magic. think we're so powerful? <laughs> being, like, slowly exposed to this stuff in tiny, tiny doses. It's homeopathy for the well of eternity. <laughs> somebody, somebody got the rights to the well and are selling it bottled across Azeroth. So what happens? Have they ever? Hmm. I'm wondering, like, if, if the well of eternity water is like that powerful and everything, what happens if you drink it? Like, get your know. bottled water from directly from the source. Well, there well, you say if the maelstrom was that water, I think somebody could just. We've all been there now. Somebody could just reach out and scoop some up. Well, if it's seawater, then you don't want to do that. See, you can't just drink seawater. It will, it's not good. If it's well of eternity water, I'd take it. You don't even have to drink it. Just put it in your mouth, kind of swish it around a little bit. You know, dump it over my head. <laughs> it's like that. Like super yeah. concentrated. What's it gonna do? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. We we're just talking about the the veil of eternal blossoms water. People do drink that. Yeah, they do, and they grow vegetables with it. Yeah, They're gigantic. They grow, so they it's grow like... food with it, they drink it, they don't seem to be suffering any ill effects from it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Next one's from Alessandra, who we've had quite a few times send us an email. So, uh, in the Chronicle Preview episode of Lore Watch, you discussed um, order and disorder. Uh, do you think that they called it disorder instead of chaos in an attempt to get away from the copyrighted Warhammer origins of, War of Warcraft? Uh, now that you have read the history of Warcraft... Uh, how does the story, the structure of the world compare to uh, Warhammer, or has it evolved into its own over these many years? How does it compare to Diablo, Starcraft, and Three Vikings? That's right, I made a Three Vikings question. Uh, love, Alessander. Well, you mean Lost Vikings, but we forget. Um, first off, Warhammer doesn't own Order and Chaos. Michael Moorcock would like some words with you, and then so would like hundreds of other writers throughout history and people that had magical systems in the medieval period. Order and chaos are fundamental ancient concepts. The the Greek um, theogony mentions verily at the first chaos came to be. That's like the first line of the theogony, which is the basic origin story of the Greek gods. And keep in mind, that's not that's not the Greek gods as a cool story idea. That's they were praying to these things. You know, so yeah, no, Warhammer doesn't own those concepts. So I doubt seriously that Blizzard was worried that it was copyrighted. They might have thought. Order and chaos have been done to death. Let's call it something else. But I mean, I seriously doubt that they were like, oh no, we don't want to be compared to Warcraft. At this point, I mean, Warcraft does not have to worry about being compared to Warhammer anymore. It's just not an issue. Uh, that'd be like saying that Dungeons and Dragons is terrified you're, you're going to compare it to mazes and monsters. You're not. Dungeons and Dragons is huge. It is the bigger dog. Uh, Warcraft is a bigger dog than Warhammer right now. This is indisputable fact. That doesn't mean Warhammer isn't great. I love Warhammer. I've got 40k on the wall over there. That doesn't change the fact that Warhammer is simply not as big as Warcraft. More people know what Warcraft is. Um, uh, I I feel like I'm talking too much and I want someone else to talk. So either of you want to jump in on this? 
Um, I mean, all you have today are Chronicle questions, and I haven't read it. <laughs> so, I'm silent today. Well, I guess, you know, asking about the structure of the Warcraft world compares, compare, like, comparatively speaking to other worlds, like, in the Blizzard universe or in Warhammer. Are you familiar with Warhammer, Alex? Not really. Neither am I, um, so this I know is kind of are, like a moot I point. know there are orcs in it, and I think they're plant people. Let's straight up, the Warcraft, Warcraft and Warhammer are not similar. You can yeah. move on. They did that. War, Warhammer has got just as much ridiculously confusing lore as Warcraft. So, to try and sum up either in in the amount of time we've got is futile. They're not similar. How does it compare though to Diablo, Starcraft, and Three Vikings, which is actually the Lost Vikings? I'm just going to clarify that point. Um, how does it compare to Diablo? Diablo, I think, is a lot smaller and more self-contained, despite the fact that the lore is kind of like this ponderous convoluted thing it's still got it's still in comparison to warcraft it's relatively small and self-contained i don't think that it's quite as expansive i think it was joe joe described warcraft as six diablos wide yeah yeah it's just lore warcraft lore is kind of like a broader experience um starcraft i kind of think it's about the same thing where it's like nothing is quite as broad in scope as warcraft and when you look at lost vikings i mean Lost Vikings, the, <laughs> there's not really much story to Lost Vikings. No, there are really. three Lost Vikings that solve puzzles, and I think they went to space at some point. They did. Well, the first in the first one, they get kidnapped by, um, I want to say it's like Tomator. Tomator? I don't know. Anyway, he's like the emperor of this a- alien empire, and it's called like the Crutonian Empire. So there's like these salad references, and it doesn't really make any sense. But he... He kidnaps them for like his intergalactic zoo and then they escape and they like get lost in various periods of time. And that's why you have to solve these puzzles and get out. And in the second one, he's just getting his revenge because they managed to escape in the first one. So, yeah, Um, there's not a lot of story involved. It's just like a let's let's slap a thinly veiled plot on this thing. To give yeah. some I mean, reason for these guys to be going through time, you know, ridiculous space aliens were kind of that specifically space aliens that were also food yes. seems to have been a theme at that time. Yes, like um, Commander Keen. Yep, uh, that was just a thing in that era. They're aliens and also food. I don't remember who Bucky O'Hare was fighting. Um, Bucky O'Hare was man. Who was Bucky O'Hare fighting? If you pulled that out immediately, I think I honestly would have been flabbergasted. No, I mean, I played the game. I remember yeah, I the game, and I liked the game a lot, and I can't remember what the heck the villain's name was. He wasn't food. Yeah. I it wasn't remember. food at that point in time. But there was a lot of, like, food-related stuff. I mean, you had, like, you had, like, avoid the Noid. You had, like, the Noid games and things like that, where it's, like, all about pizza. And, of course, you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that were, like, they were fighting all kinds of mutant stuff. Uh, back then, it was just kind of a mishmash of let's slap together something that looks kind of like a story just as a vehicle so that, you know, it seems like you might have a purpose to be going through and solving all these puzzles. But we yeah, really don't need you to. Unless it was Sam and Max. Escape. Sam and Max, it was just Sam and Max chaos. was great. I love Sam and Max, but it was just chaos. It was and just Monkey for the sake Island. of the joke. Monkey Island was fantastic. Like all of those old Sierra games were fantastic. But anyway, so yeah. Okay, last email. Well, no, actually, we have others, so we might be able to keep going. This one's from Wild Hide, who sounds like a Transformer from Beast Wars. Nice. Uh, that's not a criticism. Beast Wars was a good I, I like that name, though. But Wild Hide, a Guardian Druid, Convert to Raid, Airy Peak. Um, hello, hello, happy heroes. And Alex. Alex is also here. Um, hi. <laughs> I love that he just says hi. He doesn't say, he doesn't object. He doesn't tell no. me. No. 
No, you're totally right. I'm not half. It's true. Uh, after the reveal of the artifact weapons, I decided to make one character of each class. Normally, I play re- play tank classes, but I want to finally fill the roster. With that in mind, I have run into a problem. I can't decide on mounts for the, you know some of my lesser played characters. The rogue, the priest, the mage, and the hunter all have very cool class identity, but I'm having trouble deciding on what mounts they should use. Uh, so here's my first question. What mounts do you use for your preferred classes? And uh, also, you know, okay, we'll answer that one first and move on. This okay, is so- very easy. Extremely easy. If you're Alliance, use a horse and a griffin. If you're Horde, use a wolf. And um, I don't know what you fly on because the Windrider is hideous. A bat? Can you get a bat? I think so, yes. You can get a bat. Okay, use there a, bat a bat and a wolf. That you can purchase through the Blizzard store, but I don't horse. ride a bat. That's it. Class doesn't matter. Alliance, horse, horde, wolf. Yeah. See, Alex is so wrong on Horde that it's kind of terrifying. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. What about you, Rossi? Well, I mean, you know, I've got the, the Brewfest Kodo. Yeah. And I've got Mimron's head, so I'm done. Like, I don't care what class you are. Fly on a giant robot head. Yes, you look ridiculous as a Tauren on a giant robot head, because it's like they're cramming you into this thing. It looks like they put you in one of those eggs, like the plastic eggs kids, you know, find on, on Easter now, because we don't want to leave real eggs <laughs> it's out. It's a Tauren in a Kinder Egg. Yeah, it's, it's literally like <laughs> jammed a, t- a Tauren into a Kinder Egg. But it's, um, you know, I'm not going to not ride the robot head, so there you go. Okay, and- so... I think I'm... for the Kodo, you know how I'm a Torin IRL. I also write a Kodo in real life. So if I want to immerse myself in this fantasy world, I can't. You do not write Kodo. a Kodo in real life. You walk everywhere. Your Kodo's in the shop, clearly. Yeah. I'm but probably I like one. I'm probably the only person here who does this, but I like to tailor my mouth. Ma- I don't tailor my mouths to like my race or my class. You do for your I... uniform. No, I yeah, I tailor them to my transmog at the time. See, there's there's <laughs> There is no mount that actually goes with the vast majority of warrior armors. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, put on tier six and then try to find the mount for that. Like, it would probably I could. be a I could probably find something, Rossi. It would you be a Kodo. Slap that in my direction and I will find something for you. But yeah, I I, I kind of tailor it so that, like, my, my shaman, my shaman is all in black and silver gear. And she's got, like, those shoulders that do the lightning fleck, like, the lightning bursts every now and again you know you know the ones i'm talking about the tear gear mm-hmm. with the spikes anyway so um she rides around constantly on the black wind serpent the one that has the onyx wind serpent the one that has the lightning that yeah. kind of so so it's all like this uniform looking thing and then i have trolls depending on what gear they're wearing I'll have them like ride a zebra or sometimes I do want them to ride the wolf because the wolf, but it has to be the right wolf. It has to be the wolf with the color palette that goes with the armor because they need to look nice. See, I'll, I'll ride dinosaurs. I'm sorry. That's just how I do it. <laughs> My troll warrior rides a dinosaur because he's got a dinosaur. Oh yeah. And... The raptors are great. Yeah. So well, and a... the raptors come in such a variety of colors that you can usually yeah. find a raptor for every situation. Yeah, so I, I like to wear, ride my green raptor, but, you know, that's just because that's the one I like the most. But, yeah, um, so for us, I don't think we match the class very much. And I know Alex probably would ride, probably rides the paladin charger on his paladin. I think the only uh, exception. I don't think I do, actually. You don't? I'm surprised. I kind of like Um, the... It has, it's the, the pea cloud situation. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. It poop. Yeah. Anyway, um, the only exception to that is my forsaken priest who was um my first raiding character and she is in transcendence with anathema 
um, because I really liked that set back in vanilla. And with transmog, I never have to change out of it. And her mount is and always will be for ground mount anyway, uh, the Swift Orange Raptor, because that was the first mount that she ever had. I, I made it a point to get all of the cloth and grind all of the reputation so that I could purchase that mount when she hit level 60. And I skipped buying a low-level mount so that I could afford all of the cloth to get that Swift Orange Raptor. So yeah, she rides that forever and ever. My girlfriend who plays played a gnome did that to get a ram yep. levels, instead of the weird Mecha Strider. Yeah. That was back when that was a real big deal. His name is Stanley. I knew people <laughs> I knew people who worked very hard to get the, the cats. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care about the cats. I wanted the orange raptor for my Forsaken. I just wanted yeah. the orange raptor. I, w- I really loved it. <laughs> yeah. people, that was back when you had to work real hard. You had to get like, didn't you have to get like exalted with them? You had to get exalted with them. And that required turning in so much cloth. And you had to turn them in individually. It was like one stack at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I spent so many hours clicking my way through turning in that stuff I in Orgrimmar. People at the time made add-ons to assist you in repeatedly turning this in. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. this was prior to that. <laughs> this was before AQ40 opened. It was like... Yeah, we, we, we just missed when they took the original Epic Mounts out for... Uh... Humans. Oh yeah. We just my wife was was a night elf. She was grinding that, and we just missed it. She didn't get it. I was time. so mad too because I really wanted like the swift, like the white horse. Yeah, I liked the black horse they had at the time. Yeah, but I wanted nice. the one without the armor. That's what I wanted. Yep. So yeah, I was happy that they they added the mountain house, or the mountain horses for uh, Gilneas, because they don't have all of the armor and the trappings. They're just horses. I, I think, think you're they projecting look really nice. a little bit, Anne. Huh? I think you're projecting a little bit. Why? Mountain houses? Mountain horses. You said mountain houses. Oh, did I? Okay. Yes, but that's fine. Let's I live in a mountain house, so... Right, okay. that's why I said. I think you're projecting a little bit. Just a little. I thought that you meant there was something wrong with my microphone. I'm like, wait, what? No, no. <laughs> you you had a Freudian slip because you live in a mountain house. Okay, well then. All right, uh, going to go with one last email because we have exactly enough time for one more if we go quickly. This one is... Question for the show. Hey, Death's Death's Keeper here. DK from Ysera looking at the elements chart from Chronicle. You know what, Rossi? I think you should read read the other one because it has nothing to do with Chronicle. Oh, yes, Alex. Alex will be very happy about that. Let me give the very short version of Death's Keeper question. Where do warriors fit into the Chronicle elemental chart? They don't. They're just people. (laughs) They're nothing. Question for the podcast. Hey, Watchers, I recall... That you're talking about monks having uh, weapons like nunchaku and also mentioned flails at some point. Uh, back then, I was skeptical that there was sufficient technology to make things like that, like that physically work. But with the the news of the prop paladin artifact flail, it appears that they can. So do you think they'll make more flail-style weapons in the future? I'd personally love to see you know, have very similar flails that have the uh, same feel as the vanilla you know, leveling sword and maces. To be honest with you, I don't know. I'd um, like to I think I need to see... I don't know if it's in-game right now, the flail. I don't know if you can get it right now. No, um, you can't because it's an artifact and it's the skin for the artifact, so you have to get the pa- the prop paladin sword. The only video of it I've seen is the one from MMO Champion, which I think they sandboxed, if I recall. That is correct. Um, and it mostly used one-handed sword animations that just kind of wiggled a little bit. And I thought it looked really bad. 
Um, if that's the best they can do for Flails, uh, I wouldn't want to see more. I thought it was awful. But if it the final version looks good and they can make it look good, like Johanna's Flail in Heroes or Flails in Diablo, then yeah, I'd love to see more. But as it is right now, I think it's kind of ugly and they probably shouldn't have it. I want to see more of them if they can get the physics working properly, because I think that that's like the first step leading towards having a bullwhip. And I really want a bullwhip as a rogue. Please and thank you. And it really needs its own set of animations than using like sword animations and wiggling a bit. Yeah, that's true. I I can agree with that. Then when they're at it, they can also, you know, make fist weapons better. But that's beside the point. Uh, That's pretty much it for the show, which means, Anne? Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcasts or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Matthew Rossi. And thank you very much for listening. See you guys next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.